Nature's Edge is brought to you by the Angler Magazine of Western North Carolina, Western North Carolina's only magazine dedicated to the fishing enthusiast. Pick one up at over 400 locations throughout Western North Carolina or visit them online at theanglermagazine.com to find out more. And be sure to follow them on Facebook, Angler Magazine of Western North Carolina.com. Like many of you, as this new year gets started, I'm thinking about my money and how I can make responsible investments in the coming year. Our guest today, Mr. Peter Cruel, is a financial advisor and CEO and, and founder, I guess, of uh, uh, Earth Equity Advisors. Peter is, is also a, a good friend, and he's an outspoken advocate for the environment and a well-known figure in the green business community. I'm Dale Stewart. This is Nature's Edge, and Peter, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dale. It's great to be on again. Glad to have you. It's uh, you know, it's that time of year when, when people are thinking about a lot of things and making plans for the future. And, and as I said, one of the things that always comes around this time of year is uh, I start thinking about money and investments. And, of course, tax season is, yeah. is growing upon us and everything else. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit, first of all, about what is Earth Equity Advisors? Sure. Well, I founded Earth Equity back in 2004. It, at the time, it was Crawl & Company. We named it, I, of course, named it after myself. Sure. I don't have an ego that, that big. So, um, But over the last uh, several years, 14 years, it's grown into a, a firm that focuses specifically on socially and environmentally responsible investments. And we um, have been working with individuals. We work with trusts, we work with institutions, and, and our, our catchphrase, I guess you could say, is to help people align their investments with their values. And we have five people uh, based right out of beautiful downtown Asheville, North Carolina, and manage money for clients in 22 states. So it's, a, it's something I'm really proud that we've been able to grow. Uh, there's a lot more we can get into a little bit, but that's the, those are the basics of, of who we are and what we do. And what really, I guess, one of the things is what what sets uh, Earth Equity Advisors uh, apart from from other investment companies and investment bankers and so forth that's out there? I think the biggest thing is that when we invest people's money, we actually are not just looking at what the bottom line is. We're also looking at how they're invested. So um, coming from a social and environmental environmentally responsible perspective, we don't want our clients to own things like fossil fuels. Um, We don't want them to own companies that are polluting, companies that don't treat their employees well. We believe that companies that actually have a a positive mission that are actually trying to do good in the world are going to produce better and perform better. And we've seen that over the past 14 years that you know, you don't actually uh, – the, the traditional story is from, from the, the, the big brokerage houses that is if you're going to invest with your values, you're going to give up return, and that's just simply not the case. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that. Um, one of the things, too, and, and I know and, and uh, you were talking about uh, uh, good companies. I mean, you guys are a certified B Corp, correct? Yes, we are. Uh, you want to tell people what that means and Absolutely. what that's all about? It's uh, – so B stands for benefits, so we're a certified benefit corporation. And there's uh, an, orga- an organization, I believe they're out of the uh, Philadelphia area, called B-Labs. Yes. And what they do is they come in and they look at our operations. They look at how we do business. And so we're judged on several different things, including how we treat our employees. Do they have benefits? Are they paid a fair wage? Um, 
they look at the uh, at our suppliers. Are they local? They're very uh, being a, a local business is very important to the B Corp certification. Um, they look at the type of investments that we do. Do we only invest in socially and environmentally responsible companies, or you know, are there exceptions and, and things like that that we make? Uh, are we involved in our communities? So each one of our uh, employees has a specific area that that is related to what their interests are. So my business partner Neil is the chairman of the board for the Dogwood Alliance. I just stepped off of seven years uh, being on the board of Mountain True, and including being the, the um, chairman as well. Lisa, who works with us, has been very involved in YMCA, uh, or not YMCA, YWCA, and several other uh, organizations. So being involved in the community is important as well. And how we treat our clients, number one, is another way that they look at things as well. And the last three years, we have been selected as a best for the world B Corporation. So there's 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 B Corporation where you hit a certain level, and then um, I think that's the, the best for the world is really the cream of the crop of the 2,600 or so B Corporations that are uh, out there worldwide. And there's other companies in, in Asheville, Western North Carolina, that have yeah. also attained that uh that yeah, writing, we, right? we actually have a local organization called Be Local Asheville plus WNC, and we work together on events. We work together on recruiting new companies to become B corporations. Uh, the, you know, um, I'm trying to just – I won't be able to remember everybody, but uh, JB Media is one of our newest ones. Um, uh, New Belgium Brewery, which Dale and I every once in a while end up there having a beer, uh, is is a B corporation. Of course, they're out of uh, out of um, Fort Collins. Um, uh, Big Path Capital, Michael Welch, who yeah. is very involved in in, in our B uh, corporation local. Um, and again, there's several others, and I apologize to those who I can't think of off the top of my head here. But um, we're really okay. proud that we're a really really good group of people. And they are, and and I'm fortunate that I know quite a few of them. Uh, let's get back to money and investing. All right, uh, such a thing. Um, have you seen? And I, and I know you have. I, I'll, I'll answer my own question, I guess. Here, uh, an increase in um, the way some of these socially responsible companies are doing business today, and and they are making a profit mm-hmm. now and starting to turn around. I'm talking about things like the solar industry and right. wind power and 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 some of these uh, things that, that – uh, some of these companies that are involved in sustainable energy. Uh, so so you are seeing – I'm seeing more companies that are putting sustainability at at the center of their business model. So it, it's not just the, the solar industry, the wind industry, et cetera. It is companies that are actually saying, hey, we've got a, an opportunity here, a opportunity, and we also have a responsibility. So I had lunch – a couple of weeks ago in Charlotte with uh, Catherine Coomer, who is the uh, Senior Director of Green Innovation at NASCAR. Yes. And you don't think of NASCAR and green in the same sentence. But what I learned from her is that they view, they view their uh, green innovation as a responsibility because they have this tremendous following and every little bit of information that they can put out there about why recycling matters, about lowering energy use, about efficiencies, things like that can make an incremental difference that over time makes a much bigger difference. Peter, are you seeing companies like like NASCAR and, and uh, you know, for a, a while it seems like there were a lot of these big 
uh, Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies that were sort of running that sustainability flag up, mm-hmm. uh, more as a PR yeah. uh, a ploy. But it, it seems like now they're they're also walking the walk and not just talking. There still are a lot of greenwashers out there, yeah. as we like oh, to yeah, call absolutely. them. But, but, the, but the reality is, is that more and more are um, making it a serious role within the corporation. I've seen, and I won't name the company, but I've seen one where they have a chief sustainability officer where – his only role was to create a sustainability report. He actually had no influence over the operations of the company. And in my mind, that's greenwashing. But there are other companies, again, like this conversation I had with Catherine, where she actually had a role in helping to develop programs that that were making a positive difference. And so, yes, I think that the the more that companies can see the positive benefit and the influence that they have by actually implementing these programs as opposed to making it a PR move, that uh, more companies are just going to continue to get on that bandwagon. I have, uh, I've heard you talk about impact investing uh, in the past. Uh, talk a little bit about that. What is impact investing? It's a good question because in our, in our world – there's all kinds of acronyms and all kinds of names for what we do. There's green investing and impact investing and socially responsible investing and, you know, fill in the blanks. The way I define impact investing is um, less stock market investing and more sort of on-the-ground direct investing. Um, we use a particular uh, organization called the Calvert Foundation to help clients do what we call impact investing. And they have uh, notes or bonds that are, you know, one year, three year, five year, 10, 15 year, and they pay decent interest rates. And that money goes directly to things like low income housing. It goes to micro lending, like international micro lending. It goes to everything from um, affordable health care to job programs, things that actually have a direct impact on, on individuals who really need impact. That's uh, makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it, it does when you when you put it in in those terms. And and uh, why is why is it important? Do you think uh, that, that people really look at it from that perspective? I guess. Okay, I'll get a little metaphysical with you here. Um, I, I I think that I think that energy has or money has energy. I think yeah. there's an energy to it, and you know, I think that parents don't necessarily want to send their kids off to college based on oil and tobacco money. I think that it's we, we have an opportunity to be positive in the way we invest, in the impact that we have, and that that, that energy that we put out comes back to us. And, um, you know, being the only company in the region who does what we do, we have people who are seeking us out specifically for this because they're tired of the old line that says, if you're going to invest, you know, invest in all the sin stocks and the extra money, quote-unquote extra money that you make with those, you can give to charity. Well, it's just a complete fallacy in that you have to invest bad to do good. You can invest good and do good. What happens uh, when you have – when someone brings their portfolio yeah. in, into Earth Equity? Um, and, uh, and you and I have talked about this a little bit in the past. You know, in my portfolio, I have, you know, I have some of those – evil companies, um, uh, some of the oil industry stuff. And, and it's stuff that was quite frankly inherited. Yeah. Some of it, um, uh, some of it is, and, and, uh, and quite frankly, I've made money, uh, off of quite a few of them. So when people come in and, and they, they give you their portfolio and as you go through it and you begin to look at these, 
sort of I'll I'll call them the old line mm-hmm. Fortune 500 companies that that's, that sort of set up that that um, the S and P and yep. and all all of this stuff. You don't just automatically. Do you just automatically go through and start saying, "Oh, you need to diverse from this. You need to diverse from that." Or I, it depends, walk me through that. It, it depends on the tax consequences. So, yeah. if it's an individual account where there's going to be a tax consequence to selling something that you've had for 25 years, we will di- will divest over time. But if it's a retirement account where there are no tax consequences, um, we will understand what a person's risk tolerance is, and we will basically take them from where they are to where they want to be based on what their, their risk number is um, right into one of our portfolios. So now we, we typically will just transition somebody over because the, the reality is, is that over the past five years or so, the oil industry has done absolutely nothing. And if you compare, if you compare the um, XLE, which is the energy sector spider, versus even the S&P 500, which is diversified, uh, it's underperformed, but if you put it up against some of the more uh, some of the ESG uh, environmental social governance uh, funds that don't have any oil in them, they've actually performed better because of that. So, and and right now with oil as low as it is right now, you know who knows when it's going to go up. And some of the things that I've read um, say that we're probably never going to see some of the high highs that we that we've seen in the past. I was glad to hear you mention risk tolerance uh, mm-hmm. because people have a different different risk yeah. uh, tolerance uh particularly when it comes to their money uh but but in but in their life as well i mean right. there's and and i would say even even within the portfolio i mean there's certain things that you know i'm perfectly willing to roll the dice on uh I, I maybe the entrepreneur in me but you know i'll take a greater risk on certain things mm-hmm. uh and i'll take a greater risk on certain things and say my wife would my wife would be kicking me so of course so obviously it's uh it's important that uh, uh, that these decisions are made as a, as a as a couple or as oh, a yeah. family. Uh, I mean, traditionally, you know, these traditional roles: the guy comes in and the guy does everything, and um, the wife sits and, and is quiet. Um, we, our client, those aren't our clients. Our clients are people who come in who come in as a couple. Um, the 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 reality within our industry is that the majority of our clients are actually women or head of household women. So two-thirds two-thirds of our clients are women. And um, typically they're the ones who are creating the, the risk tolerance. But obviously we want, we want both of a couple to really have input to that because we don't need to create a, a situation where there's any animosity between them. Hey, I said we should have been more aggressive and we weren't or vice versa. And so it's it's a process. We have we have software that really goes through it and understands both persons' needs, and then we can moderate that based on um, you know what's in their best interest. We're a fiduciary, yeah. um, which is I'll, I'll explain that real quick. So a fiduciary can only do what's in their client's best interest. So we don't accept any um, commissions. We don't accept anything from any from any organization other than our clients. So our only responsibility is to our clients, as opposed to uh, broker-dealers, which they have what's called a best interest rule, but they don't have a fiduciary responsibility. So would you call that responsible investing or, or uh, from, from, uh, from your perspective or from the, from the client's perspective? I mean, that, that um, when you go through those steps, mm-hmm. I would think that that's – is taking responsibility for uh, what well, you're looking at. We certainly do. I mean, we're a registered investment advisor, and so our by definition that makes us a fiduciary, and we have to take that responsibility. And we do 
uh, we take it very seriously. Uh, we don't want our folks to to feel to ever go to bed at night worried that um, what they what they're invested in is not in their best interest. That, for example, um, there's a lot of financial products out there where the company that creates the financial product will pay the financial advisor a particular amount of money to sell it. Plus, they get a commission on it. So there's there's this. This, this multiple, there's multiple layers of revenue coming to the advisor, and the client never really knows, are they doing it because it's in my best interest or because they're being paid to? Uh, whereas with us, it's always in the client's best interest. Talk a little bit about uh, what it means to divest and then reinvest. Mm-hmm. Uh. I think that, and that's a word that we've seen for a long, for, for many, many years, the word divestment. It goes back to um, the, the, um, apartheid movement or the apartheid government in uh, South Africa. And there were, you know, folks all over the world who said, we do not want to invest in South Africa because this is a, uh, a government that, you know, is, is keeping its people down, et cetera. And so people began to pull their money out of South Africa, and eventually it fell. It's, it's not the only reason why that government fell, but it is a, a part of the reason. Um, divestment really focused uh, during the 70s on things like um, – the environment, et cetera. There have been even invest, divestment movements in Israel because of their treatment of the Palestinians. Uh, we focus on divestment mostly within the fossil fuel industry, uh, coal, oil, chemicals, things like that. And My portfolio. Your portfolio, exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll see you in a couple of weeks in the office here. Um, the, uh, the Basically, is moving those out of, out of companies that aren't doing good for the world and moving them into companies that are. Um, my friend Garvin, who runs the Green Alpha Funds out in Boulder, um, the way he manages, and he manages a lot of money for us, um, he wants to see a company have a net positive impact on the world. And if you look at it from that perspective, I think that um, it's really easy to understand what our philosophy is, what their philosophy is. Is a company doing better than it's doing worse? So the, you know, the fossil fuel industry, because of climate change and CO2 and everything else that they've got going on, is at this point has a, a net negative. Now, if you go back 50 years ago when they were helping us to build our economy, helping us to build everything that's around us, it may have had a net positive at that point. But we've reached the point now where it's time to say enough is enough. And there's a lot of talk within our industry about something called shareholder advocacy, and that is engaging with companies to get them to change their practices. The problem with trying to share to be a shareholder engage, engager, if you will, with a fossil fuel company is they're, that's what they do. Their job is to pump oil out of the ground or dig coal out of the ground, and it's going to get burned or it's going to be basically put up into our atmosphere to con- continue to, cre- con- to create a problem. Um, and so we want to just basically turn that on its head and say, okay, what are the companies that have a net positive and, and invest in those and focus on those? Do you also look, because I, I you know, I, some of the companies that I, I'm invested with, and, uh, you know, I, I noticed that that uh, in their newsletters and things now, you know, a lot of them are getting into what we consider sustainable programs. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. know GE and some of the other larger um, uh, energy companies, you know, I, I get things all the time that says, oh, we're, we're looking into or we're working in, yeah. in, in wind or we're looking at solar or we're, we're trying to do. Is, is that being, uh, what was your term, green? Uh, it's mostly greenwashing. greenwashing. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and most of the major oil companies back um, you know, 10, 15 years ago had, you know, were starting to push into solar and other areas. And something switched 
and they pretty much all divested from that and said, you know what, we're just going all in on, on fossil fuels, and I think it's going to be their demise. Yeah. It may not be tomorrow, and it may not be the next day, but it will be their demise at some point. Well, if you think it's going to be tomorrow, you and I need to get together this afternoon <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and talk about things. Um, Peter, how do people, uh, how do they get in touch with you? I know you guys have a, a website yep. and other information there, but if, if they want to learn more about uh, how uh, Earth Equity Advisors can, can, uh, can help them transition from existing mm-hmm. portfolios or, or start others, but also just real quick, you guys also work with people on, on uh, 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 giving and, and yeah. uh, philanthropy yep. uh, type things as well, correct? Yeah, we help folks set up uh, accounts that basically will allow them to give. There's there's tax advantages to using um, uh, using these types of accounts, and they still get to invest the money. And then it's it's not a it's not a foundation, but it's a quasi foundation. It's a it's a it's a less expensive way to do it. Uh, it's called donor advised fund, and we can help people set those up, and we help them do. We'll even help them do the due diligence on the on the charities that uh, that they're giving to. But we're it's really important. Uh, to us to help facilitate folks who are who are giving. Uh, and again, tell me how people get in touch with you. Very simple, www.earthequityadvisors.com. Um, our phone number is uh, 828-276-1600, uh, but go to the website, check us out, uh, and then you can contact us from there. We've got uh, a bunch of great folks in our, in our office here, and uh, um, I'm, I couldn't be prouder of the people that have uh, decided to work with us and have um, sort of made our mission their mission. Peter, my friend, I appreciate you being on Nature's Edge and and sharing uh, sharing some knowledge and experience with us. Thank you, Dale. I appreciate it. We'll see you again soon. You absolutely you will. And you have been listening to Nature's Edge, and we will see you on the trail. Visit naturesedgemedia.com. You can check out podcasts, videos, lecture archives from Dale, and much more. Thank you for listening to Nature's Edge with Dale Stewart, brought to you by Angler Magazine of Western North Carolina.